Welcome to Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Polly. The following podcast is from the second week of the questions class at Rock Harbor Fullerton. And in this first part, we are doing a short review from last week talking about truth and the existence of God. Hope you enjoy. Uh, but the questions we looked at last week is, does truth exist? And we kind of looked at the example if someone says, there is no truth, which is kind of common today, a response to give to this question is what? Yeah. Is that true? Remember, you apply the claim to itself, you ask a question, you say, well, is that true? Right? Because if the statement, there is no truth, is true, then there is truth. And it kind of is self-refuting, it beats itself up, and it can't stand. Um, another one that we looked at is, that's true for you, but not for me. Another thing that's common, that's talked about a lot in today's society. But the problem with this is, is that true for everybody? Is a statement, it's true for you, but not for me, true for everyone? And one interesting thing is, if you kind of think about this statement, if you really believe it, tell the person, or if the person really believes it, go tell them to try it with their bank, right? I want to withdraw, you know, uh, $50,000, and they're like, sorry, you only have $100 in your account. No, that's true for you, but not for me. I'd like the $50,000. The same thing with a police officer, right? He pulls you over, you're going 90. He's like, you're going 90 and a 60. Like, no, that's true for you, but not for me. I was really going 60. (laughs) But it's this idea that truth can change for every single person. Whatever we think is true, whatever we believe to be true is true, and that is just not true. That truth is, uh, there is a truth that's true for everyone, and so that can't stand. And then the same thing, that you ought not judge. What's the problem with this? It's a judgment. So are you, are you, aren't you judging me? And we see this a lot. We can't judge anyone. But if you're a Christian or something, and you're going to say that what they're doing is wrong, then we're going to judge you and tell you that you're wrong and you shouldn't be judging anyone. Um, but it, it, they're making a judgment. And so we, we looked at that and lots more examples to kind of see that, yes, truth does exist. Relativism, this idea that all truth is relative, however we want to think about it, cannot be true. There is an objective truth that we can stand on. And so the first thing we say, does truth exist? Yes, it does. So after seeing that there is truth, we can know it's true, we moved on to the existence of God. And three of the arguments that we looked at last week were the cosmological argument or the argument based on the beginning of the universe, the teleological argument, argument based on design, and then the moral argument, the argument based on moral values. And so with the cosmological argument, if you remember we talked about, or if you weren't here, uh, that is the argument that says that our universe began to exist. And since our universe began to exist, something had to start it. Something had to create it. Um, It couldn't have come from nothing. Nothing comes from nothing. And so all time, matter, and space came into existence at the beginning. And so whatever started it has to be timeless, spaceless, and immaterial. There has to be some sort of uncaused cause of the entire universe. And one of the questions that we was asked was, well, then the people say, well, if something had to create the universe, then who created God? And I posted a short video um, online kind of responding to that. But one thing we talked about is this definition of God. And it's important to understand that the definition of God that Christians have is the uncreated being. He's eternal. And one thing that philosophers call is this, asking the question, who created God commits what's called the category fallacy. And what that is, is you're asking a question and applying the wrong category of question to what you're asking. So, for example, if you ask, what created um, the chair? 
Well, the chair is a created thing, and so you can ask the question, what created it? Does that make sense? But for the Christian definition of God, the Christian definition is that God is uncreated. And so to ask what created the uncreated thing, it's like asking, uh, how much does the color red weigh? Well, by definition, red does not have weight. Uh, what does the C note smell like? Well, the note C, a C note, doesn't have smell. It has a sound, right? And so you can't ask the question, what does red weigh? Because red doesn't weigh anything. You're applying the wrong category. The question just doesn't make any sense. And in the same way, asking who or what created God, well, God, by definition, is uncreated. So you're asking what created the uncreated thing. And it's just it's a category fallacy. It just doesn't make sense. You can't ask that question. And so we kind of looked at that um, objection. Uh, the design argument, this pretty much is saying that our universe is very, very intricately designed. Everything from the greatness of our universe and the gravitational force and uh, the placement of planets and the speed and rotation of the Earth and the oxygen that we have, all the way down to the DNA inside the cell is very, very, very designed. And it's perfectly the right way it needs to be. And so the question is, OK, we know that design needs a designer. You don't look at a building that's been designed and say, it must have just popped into existence. You don't look at the engine of a car and go, wow, look at how that just popped into being. Right, same thing, this iPad. You don't just say, oh, this just came to being out of nothing. No, it's designed. It's very detailed. And so someone or something intelligent had to design it. And then the last one we looked at was the moral argument. And that pretty much said uh, that if God didn't exist, there would be no objective moral laws. That nothing is right or wrong if there is no God. The only way we can say that something is right, that an action is right, or that another action is wrong, is if we have an objective standard by which we can judge everything. Right? We looked at Mother Teresa and Hitler. Well, can we say that one action, like killing people, is wrong and loving people is good? Is it just our opinion of what's right and wrong? Or is there some sort of standard by which we can judge all actions and say, look, you don't measure up to that standard. What you're doing is wrong. And so if God doesn't exist, then there is no standard. People can say, well, I know that this is wrong. I know it's wrong to murder people. I know it's wrong to do these things. OK, it's good that you know it, but why is it wrong? And that's the question we have to ask is, OK, we know these things are wrong, but why are they wrong? If there is no God, then there's no standard by which we can judge it and say, yes, these things really are wrong. And so those are just three of the arguments that we looked at. Or we looked at three. There's other arguments for God's existence that we didn't look at. But those are the main three. And so what we concluded at the end of last week was that uh, based on these three arguments, from the cosmological argument, we see that, wh that whatever started our universe has to be timeless, spaceless, and immaterial, and also has to be extremely powerful to create everything from nothing. From the design argument, we see whatever designed everything has to be intelligent to design it well uh, so that it functions and also has to be a sustaining creator and also has to have purpose. When you create something, you have a purpose for which it should be used. But then God is also sustaining creation. He's holding it together uh, so that the gravitational force doesn't change, so that all these different laws that we have so they don't change, that we can stay in existence. And then from the last one, the moral argument, we understand that this being is absolutely morally perfect if it's going to be the standard for all morality has to be morally perfect, and also has to be personal in order to create a moral law. 
And so that was kind of wrapping up a quick review of what we looked at um, last week with the arguments uh, for the existence of God. And so what we realized is that, hey, this sounds a lot like the God of Christianity, um, a morally perfect, sustaining creator that's intelligent, immaterial, eternal, uncaused, powerful being. Sounds a lot like the Christian God. And so we got to that conclusion based on arguments from science and philosophy, not just opening up the Bible. And so that can be very useful for someone that maybe doesn't trust in the Bible. Say, hey, well, let's kind of work through this stepping stone process like we talked about. Okay, there is truth. And now based on science and philosophy, we understand that there's a being out there that looks a lot like the God of the Bible. So are there any questions or comments, things that came up uh, from the reviewer from last week, what we talked about? Anything that doesn't make sense? Again, if you weren't here last week and you want to hear all this, the, the longer explanation, uh, my website is coffeehousequestions.com is the address, and there's an article titled RHF Questions Class Week 1. Um, and in that article, I posted five, I, I chopped up the presentation from last week into five sections, so I posted all five sections along with videos and articles kind of giving more explanation for some of the things we talked about. So. Well, thank you so much for listening to Coffee House Questions this week. If you want to get further uh, resources and you want to hear the rest of the audio, as well as uh, articles and videos that have to go along with the week two, uh, go to coffeehousequestions.com. Look for the blog titled RHF Questions Class Week 2, and you can find the rest of this class and uh, all the further resources. I hope you enjoyed. You've been listening to Ryan Polly. Have a blessed week. Until I find my rest Restore